Hello, I'm Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives, a show about conversation, community, and the people that bring community to life. My guests today are Heather and Jessica Hotman, the two leads in the three-piece band, the Hotman Sisters. Not only will be in conversation, but the Hotman Sisters will also perform a few of their songs for us live in the studio. Early in 2016, Omaha natives Heather and Jessica Hotman made the decision to dive into music in a way they never had before. The result is a three-piece indie rock pop band named the Hotman Sisters, which is centered around their sister harmonies that envelop the room. Jessica plays electric guitar and Heather plays synth, and they are backed on drums played by Ed Getzlaff. The sisters' blended voices and intricate melodies create an atmospheric sound that is both hopeful and haunting. For me, I find their singing utterly mesmerizing. Music has always been integral to the sisters in varying ways. Heather and Jessica grew up listening to 90s pop music and boy bands, but also spent time with four-part harmonies alongside their mother and sister. They led worship music in church on Sundays, were involved in many musicals during their childhood, and spent countless hours jamming and writing music in the basement of their house. Heather and Jessica feel that singing is an innate part of who they are, a language they have always been familiar with. In the summer of 2016, the Hotman sisters released their first recording titled This Too. The eight-song EP summarizes their journey of coming into the Omaha music scene and solidifying their sound. The songs focus heavily on their emotions during this journey and the love they have for their home. The Hotman sisters were nominated as Best Pop Band for 2017 by the Omaha Entertainment Arts and Awards. Since the release of their EP, they have been touring extensively all across the nation and will be releasing new music soon. We are lucky to have Heather and Jessica in the studio with us today. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Excited to be here. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We're going to kick it off with a song called Backward Progression. Water, I'm ebbing and flowing. I'm rolling, cycling, exposing, imposing. I'm droning and winding up, down, down. Backward progression, down, down. Unwinding the distance of a line, circling, 
the scope of modern dreams unwinding A distant silver lining circling The scope of modern dreams unwinding A distant silver lining circling The scope of modern dreams unwinding A distant silver lining, lining, lining See, I'm a creature of habit I'm sickly by nature And my feral existence I'm a slave to this pattern Oh, here I am, here I am In the space where I began Here I am, here I am In the space Circling the scope of modern dreams unwinding The distant silver lining circling The scope of modern dreams unwinding The distant silver lining circling The scope of modern dreams unwinding A distant silver lining circling The scope of modern dreams unwinding A distant silver lining you realize that music was a part of who you are an intrinsic element of your natural identity um well this is jessica here so i, I can't speak for heather <laughs> but uh, as far back as i can remember and i know that that's kind of cliche but um even from a young age maybe seven or eight years old i can remember being at the piano writing music writing music writing music just loved it would come home from school and the first thing I would do was write music. And it was 
a release and a joy and we grew up with our family doing it from a really small small age so yeah I don't know if there's ever been a time where I can picture myself not doing it (laughs) exactly yeah I think I just uh started out listening to cassettes of all types of genres and I can specifically remember uh Leanne Rimes um who's a country artist and I would just try to like imitate her voice it's kind of the start of it for me um obviously you know some 90s pop bands too after that but that was kind of like the first thing was like imitating these voices on cassettes was like kind of just way back and that really inspired me just like that uh listening to the tone and and voices inspired me to just uh, get into singing so I think you described coming from a musical family Mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about that family envelope that was music (laughs) yeah we grew up uh our mom basically well our grandpa uh came over to the united states from england when he was a teenager and was you know singing in pubs in england just his entire life just always doing music and then my mom was really good at singing harmonies so me my mom jess and my other sister tiffany would all just like sit around and sing i mean christmas carols to gospels just like four-part harmony and it was like first of all it was really frustrating because i couldn't get harmony and then once i got it i was like this is so fun it's like my lifeblood so a lot of road trips um (laughs) being um what's the word like if you were on the wrong note everyone would be like no that's not right (laughs) so yeah lots of harmonizing in the car road trips uh just we all just enjoyed it yeah all just enjoyed it and everybody would pick like an instrument and so my mom would take the drums and someone would play piano someone would play guitar someone would sing so just a real family band kind of a feel (laughs) so there's a a suggestion in your biography that you've traveled further afield, but you've come to this epiphany moment, uh, this watershed where you've decided to embark on music as as this uh, calling, uh, full-time mm-hmm. calling. And I, I want to ask, there's a line in your song, Who I Was, where you sing, I've lost who I was. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask if, if this is autobiographical statement, what that speaks to and if you feel as if you are finding yourselves again yeah i mean um that line actually man that line means a lot and i think there's uh, there's moments where we kind of shed our skin as people and we just come to this realization that we don't really know who we are anymore um and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad <laughs> so um, that line actually has multiple different meanings. There's been times in my life where I've realized that and it's been good and times when that hasn't been good. Um, but I would say that, you know, as a group, we've definitely sort of shed our skin. And I would say just in the last few months, we've really come into this new version of ourselves and we're all really excited about it. So it's it's been a good thing lately, an exciting thing. I, I want to hear... You respond to that too, Heather, but before we do, what does that mean, finding the last few months, <laughs> finding this new version of yourselves? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a metamorphosis. And so I feel like with music, when you decide, okay, we want to make something serious out of this, there's a lot of just the unknown that comes with that. You know, you, um, you dive in, you're like, okay, these are my songs and this is what we're doing. 
And then as you play music and you interact with people and you travel and you learn your instrument better and you're in front of different types of people and watch other musicians, there's this sort of transition that happens where you start to hone things in and take things out and and kind of get it to um, something really simple that means something to you because each part of it is um, comes from your experience as a musician. So you just learn a lot in the process. And so I would say... It's taken us the first few years as a group to really come to that point where we know, okay, this is what we like, this is what we don't like, sort of that preference type thing. And now that we we all know what we like and it's it's really refined, we can build off of that, which is why releasing new music is very exciting because it's sort of building from that point onward. I would say like one of the things that came to mind when you asked that original question was um, just touring and just everything that goes along with that specifically uh being in the car all of us together for like hours on end um you know playing shows that go really really late and that's how they usually go but it's just you know it's a lot of energy weirdly enough sitting in the car for like hours on end even though you're not physically exerting yourself for some reason it just makes all of us like pretty tired and and then playing the show right after that right after you get to a place and you play the show so um just a lot of physical like exhaustion but like you know it's what we love to do so it's that part is challenging, but emotionally challenging on that end, I would say the biggest thing that I've learned is that music is is a message and a language. And so there's kind of like those two parts that I see in a different way almost uh, per show we play. And it's cool to just kind of like get different parts out of each show that I'm like, oh, wow. It's like I needed each individual show to like grow as an artist and grow as a person. So I'm curious about your lyrics and, and the process of writing and again, your bio suggests there's a, a degree of autobiography and especially about this journey uh, back, as it were, to Omaha and embracing music full time. So talk a little bit more about your lyrics. Are you, is there a thematic message that's important to you or is each one a micro story or are they chapters in a longer piece? Tell me more about your lyrics. Yeah, um, so right now... I'm writing all the lyrics for the group uh, for the most part. And um, <laughs> a lot of it is, um, I don't know, it's a lot less calculated than it might appear. I think that life flows and as life flows, your experiences change. And as your experiences change, you have different inspirations. And so it's sort of like a timeline. I think you can see things that I've gone through. Um, if you know me, you could see things I've gone through as I've, been writing music um moments were like with um the first ep the one that's out right now a lot of it is um about past relationships and deciding to do music and coming from omaha and things that are good things that are not good and so sort of being in all that and, and coming into the music scene and figuring out you know am i going to take this seriously is this something i want to do just all those questions um that i sort of asked myself through that process uh, but with the new music coming out, it's going to have a totally different spin on it because now we've been at this for a while and there's been different experiences that we've had. And so, yeah, it, it's just sort of uh, per song. I think there, I write in such a way, though, where even though it's specific to experiences, it's things that I think a lot of people can relate to at the same time. So like the idea of like losing yourself or having moments where you don't know who you are, that's probably true. I don't know, maybe not. Probably true for a lot of people. They've asked themselves that question. So it's it's general and specific all at once, I guess. 
Does does the music come first, or do do you work on the, the lyrics? To me, seem quite poetic. They never actually give the whole story away. Yeah, you have to yeah. work a little bit at intuiting yeah. it for yourself. But I don't know if you have an experience that turns into lyrics that then turns into a melody, or yeah. how that works. Um, it's totally it starts with. Um, so I, I do this weird thing where I write from my head. I don't really write a lot of the times from an instrument. So I'll, um, I'll like think about, I don't know. I just think for a long time, like in the shower, in the car, and then a feeling will come to me. And that's the start of it is like a feeling like, Ooh, I feel good. I'm going to write something that feels good. <laughs> or like, I feel sad I'm going to write something that feels sad. So that's like this, the root of it. And then from that usually comes the, the baseline, sort of like the, just the flow, the melody of like the music. And then it comes the melody of the voice. And then the lyrics are the very last thing that I write. Because I think that the feeling, once I capture that, it's like I know what I want to say at that point. So the lyrics usually only take anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes to write. But the, the music part of it is the part that takes longer. Even when I'm writing, I'm writing with the intention of drums and instruments and Heather's voice. And so when I... It's like I don't write what she's going to sing or I don't write what Ed's going to play on drums, but I have an idea and then they're, you know, able to then take that and make it their own thing. So the harmonies are really yeah. a cool part of it. One thing that I think Jess is really good at is melodically coming from a lot of different angles in even just within one song. I am, we're like night and day, so I come into the lyric part of it with a lot of different angles. Uh, again, this is... This EP is all of her lyrics, but when I write specifically, I come in to that kind of perspective with lyrics. So it's an interesting combo, but when we put stuff together, especially the harmony side of things, when we actually sing it out loud. It just takes on that shape that it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's so cool to, to experience. It's almost hard to describe like that kind of coming together with that. It just makes us both smile. We have to have this like sister, you know, moment where we're like, okay, yep, that's it. Or no. Let's keep working on it, you know, so. Is it too soon to ask if you'd be willing to play another song? Not at all. Not too soon. Let's do it. <laughs> would, would you care to introduce the song? Yeah. This song is called My War off of our EP. It's the first track, so one of our favorites. And we also have a video out for this that we recorded about a year ago. So, My War. <laughs> with a small hole that our roots run deeper deeper than the weeds we grow ah, 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 oh. 
feeling what's left of me Your lantern flickering Draw me so close Oh, oh, palms drop off my tongue Unwind spirals under Take Sarah un emptied at the seams. Ah, ah, ah. There's a war inside my ribcage where my blood is being spilled. There's a hole in every good heart that only love can fill. There's a war inside my ribcage where my blood is being spilled. There's a hole in every good heart that only love can fill. Inside my ribcage Where my blood is being spilled There's a hole in every good heart That only love can fill Is it hard performing to just three people? Um, it's actually the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's harder than performing on a stage in front of however many people. But it's it's kind of the most fun at the same time, too. It's the most fun, yeah. Because it's like, you guys are right up in our grill. Like, yeah. you're right here. <laughs> you can hear every little We're thing. We're all about, like, an intimate environment, so. Yep. <laughs> you know, this, this will probably broadcast closer towards Christmas, but we're recording just before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And... I, I, it's worth saying that I am just so incredibly grateful and feel so fortunate that you're here. You don't have to be here. Um, you've just come off a small tour and uh, you're feeling just a little under the weather after touring. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, this yeah, is wonderful. I'd love to be here. I wanted to ask, uh, and especially maybe you, Heather, because you used, um, uh, you talked a little bit about the harmonies and when the harmonies clicked and, mm-hmm. and, and that excitement appealed to you. <laughs> and I'm, 
there been a couple of times when I've been listening to your EP um, that, uh, for me, the Everly Brothers have popped into mind. Oh, yeah. And and then once or twice I've thought the Proclaimers have popped into my mind mm-hmm. uh, too, oddly. Uh, I don't know. But then just hearing you with that song, My War, mm-hmm. um, Adele popped into my head too. Oh, cool. And so I'm, I'm just wondering, how did you perfect the art of harmonizing? When did you realize that that, that was really... It really spoke to you at a, a, a deep level. Well, Adele is awesome, so thank you. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of factors within that. I think it starts out with, um, like I said, harmony was like a tough thing. And my mom, I remember singing a Christmas song. I don't know what the song was specifically, but driving home from something. And uh, my mom was driving, and she was like trying to teach me harmony. And I was like, I was super frustrated because I, I understood the beauty behind it, but wanted to get it. And then one day, I literally, it was like an epiphany moment. I like woke up out of bed. And I'm just humming something. And then I was like, I think I'm actually singing the harmony to it. And so my mom sang the melody and I harmonized with her and she goes, yep, that's it. So it was kind of just like that moment was just like, oh, okay. And then I started just looking for that in music. And so even to this day, some of my favorite artists are either like siblings or, you know, they do harmony to some extent, but I think the more harmony, the better. So, I mean, like, um, you know, Lucius is one of my favorite bands. Uh, they, they've got that really cool like almost like 60s mod harmony type of feel and then other folky bands like first aid kit or even just like the gaither family vocal band you know just total like all all the harmony you know that you can possibly get in one song they they somehow nail all those parts um but yeah that's just really inspiring to me specifically so heather you went to nashville yeah. for a year sure. um why did you go yeah. what did you learn Oh man, what didn't I learn in Nashville? Um, I came out of college, uh, did a job for like six months and then was like randomly talking to a friend. They were like, hey, I know that, you know, maybe country music isn't your favorite genre, but they like Nashville uh, was where they just went and they were like, hey, you should check out Nashville. It's not just country. It's like kind of every niche that you could want. And so I was like, okay, let me me think about it, you know, and I actually ended up... um, like going there after I quit this job and then like I had like one or two weeks or something free my youngest sister Tiffany randomly had that time so we went together actually and it was just like so cool because like I fell in love with it I didn't think I was gonna even like like remotely like it so that was kind of just like a shocker to me it was like I literally fell in love with the city so much to do and I'm like a coffee snob so coffee was just like on point yeah so I moved there on a whim because Long story short, we have a friend of a cousin who's a musician. I had reached out to him. Hey, what are you doing with music these days? And he's like, well, I'm moving to Nashville. I was like, that's so random. I'm in Nashville right now. So we met up and he ended up having extra space in his house uh, that he moved into there. And so I just like basically in two weeks found a job and had that place to live and met some really cool people within the first month that are still friends to this day. And um, yeah, so it was totally on a whim. It wasn't even music related, but the music there when I went out to shows was just like phenomenal. I'd go to a show that was like $5 in the middle of nowhere. And it was just like, those are some of like the most fantastic shows just like in my brain still. And yeah, it was a great time. So why the need for you three to come to Omaha. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you have a family history mm-hmm. here, but why the need to come and establish yourself here mm-hmm. as a launching pad for something more permanent and larger? Yeah. Um, I mean, Heather and I, honestly, we debated this for a while. Um, you know, we grew up here. 
So we have family in the area. We are comfortable with getting around. It's reasonable to live here. There are things happening here. So a lot of good things about Omaha. Um, obviously, we you know we threw around maybe we should move to Nashville and try something there. But the thought was, well, it's going to be more expensive, more saturated, and um, might be harder to just get our project like a foundation and get it off the ground. And um, we all love New York City. So, I mean, that's ideally where we'd like to be at some point. (laughs) Um, But it's such a good thing that we started in Omaha because, like I said, money-wise, it's been smart. Um, We've been able to play easily. When we first started out, we just started with open mic nights. And it was crazy. The first first open mic night we played, I I had heard about it. It was at Page Turner's Lounge. And I'm like, Heather, we're going to do this. We're just going to get up and play three songs. And we just did all covers. We didn't even do our own music and ended up meeting a bunch of people that are in the Omaha music scene. So it was a great way to kind of get into that whole scene of people, what's going on. And from there, we started playing shows. And then it's crazy too. Ed will have to share his story but he was living out in boston had plans to go to new york city never intended to come back to omaha ended up back here and um the drummer we had at the time wasn't going to be able to stay in our project and so we ed and i worked at the same nonprofit. we ended up meeting each other and i was like hey we're going on this tour you want to play drums he's like i don't know you but sure <laughs> and it worked out great so there's been so many good things that have come out of omaha it's been uh, a really great place to start playing music. I think it's good to sort of establish what you're doing in an area where that's possible. You know, somewhere like New York City, it's it's going to be not impossible, but a lot harder. Um, and there's still a market for playing shows here in Omaha, but we're, we're able to grow and, and also play outside of Omaha. I think that's a big thing for us is we don't just want to be in this city as much as we love it. We have traveled most of the year, actually, and, and played a lot more outside of Omaha. So I think we, we try to do both. So this is Ed. Um, So I moved back to Omaha last August. Um, I went to school out in Boston for music. And at the end of my time there, I was like, wow, I don't have any money. I'm from Omaha. I don't really want to move back, but I got a scholarship refund that allowed me to like put a down payment on a car and have a couple months of an apartment paid for. So it's like, I'm going back. So moved back here, started working at a nonprofit, the same one that Jess is working at and met through that and i was only teaching drums and driving lifts so i was like yeah i'll go on tour (laughs) (laughs) you have a background in jazz a a trained background in jazz yes right yes so out in boston i studied under a couple guys that um play jazz and that was kind of my main thing i used to hang out at this club called wally's in boston and i'd go there every day they had two different jam sessions every day, five to seven and seven to nine, seven days a week. So I'd try to go every day and sit in and just try to perform as much as I could. So that's kind of my background, but it's fun to play with the sisters. <laughs> They're great. Yeah. No, it was great playing with people that um, are really serious about what they do. And no matter what style of music that is, they take what they do really seriously. So that was really refreshing when I came back here and met them. The exciting thing is to take, you know, what we have being a jazz drummer and Heather and I with our harmony and our instruments and sort of see what we can do with it in a lot of different ways. And um, if I had to say like with the new music coming out, it's actually a lot different than what 
one might think. I don't know. It's very fancy, more poppy, um, without losing sort of the hauntingness that I think naturally comes out from the music that we have. Yeah. Man, genre-wise, that's, that's a tough one, but uh, we're very inspired by, um, I mean, this is going to sound maybe lame, but it's just, what what's the catchiness behind the songs that we like to hear ourselves, the artists that we like? And it's different for every artist. And so when I think we go to collaborate, or when Jessica goes to write, I'm sure this is the way it is, but it's like, a, you know, you're pulling what you like from different areas. So... You know, if that ends up being pop, if if we're labeled as pop, that's fine with me. If we're labeled as indie, I don't really care what genre we fall into to someone's listening ear. Uh, but it tends to be across the board, which is kind of cool um, to note to note that. And I think even like per song, I could pick a genre for each one, but it'd be like all across the board if I were to pick that for our own songs. So I, I do want to ask you to play another song, if that's okay. But yes. before we do that... Um I just want to ask a little more about the business side of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, David Leibovitz was on the show a little while ago uh, talking about Maha. Yeah. And he's a producer. He's had his own record company. Uh, he's been around the music scene for a long time. And he has some very particular things to say about how difficult and challenging it is. And so I'm just wondering about how you are approaching this craft and this opportunity with a business model in mind yeah i mean the business side of things is such a huge part of what we do on the day-to-day -day. and i think that's uh maybe what a lot of people don't see they're like oh you just kind of get out on the road and play music but i have been such a stickler from day one like we have a google drive we've got forms on it we have spreadsheets for everything we have formats of how we do things um that's just the kind of person I am. I like to have it all laid out because I'd rather have something there that we can go off of than the sort of guessing game of what we're doing. And especially with, you know, as your music starts to grow and that sort of a thing, if you don't have some of that stuff in place, it makes it a lot more work at the end of the day. So we are, we're pretty like a well-oiled machine and um, getting more and more so every day, especially traveling and being on the road. So yeah, such a huge part. Um, I think that, you know, if I could like impart some advice on, not that I know anything, but to people who are starting out is just like, be ready to deal with the business side of things. Cause a lot of people are great musicians, but they shut down when it comes to that stuff. And I think if you just take a little step here and a little step there and put some work in here and put some work in there, you can surprise yourself at what you're able to get done. Um, and it's great to have like a team of at least three of us <laughs> working on it together. So, yeah. If there's one thing I've learned specifically about music, it's just it is an ongoing project in every sense of the word, uh, from the business side to the performance side. We have a lot of things. We have a lot of things coming up that we're going to be trying and and seeing how they go. Um, I think with our group, one of the things that we do is we're like, hey, we see something, we see an opportunity, and we're like, let's go for it. You know, what's the worst that could happen? As long as we all are for whatever that is, uh, we like to to try things out, um, especially now that I think with this new music, there was a certain refineness to it that, I don't know, we're, we're excited because I think it's it's going to be marketable in a sense um, to the certain things that we're looking at, you know, to these platforms that we're looking at. I think it'll fit well. So yeah, finding those matchups, taking where your product's at 
and matching it to platforms and to people that are about that kind of a thing. So, yeah. I love the vernacular. We've moved from music and, and the poetry and the emotion <laughs> to product platforms and people. I'm like, that's like a mix of like me as a person. Right. So it makes sense. <laughs> Can I ask you to play? Yeah. Thanks. So we're going <laughs> to play a song called Teleprompter King. It's not often we play this one acoustic. So this is kind of a unique. It's a, it's a new one. Yeah. <laughs>
such a long way I'm such a long way down these stairs From your high throne Absent of the crowns you bear I'm such a long way I'm such a long way down these stairs From your high throne Absent of the crowns you bear Lucy, the air inside So you've hinted a little bit at what's next. We are super excited about it. So, yeah. So tell me everything you can tell me about what's next without giving too much away. Okay. Let me, let me filter this for a second. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, um, new music, obviously. Um, I'm trying to think of more touring, um, different sound direction, more um, dancey. And uh, what else can I say? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's tough. We have we stay connected. That's a really good thing to say. Stay connected on social media because um, we're not too far from kind of dropping some bombs and things like that on our social media. So um, we want to say more. I, I think it's just it's it's sort of right at the the end of the processing part of it and then we're going to be able to announce things <laughs> i don't know that everything happens so fast with the new music mm-hmm. and now we're sort of processing that it all happened as fast as it did and now we're excited to just like a gift give it to everybody else and we can all share it together so maybe switching gears into something that is not necessarily in process now but is much more aspirational mm-hmm. where are you taking this where do you want to take this where do you see yourself in five ten years time um we would like to take this as far as it can go and within that um there is so many different avenues and paths and people and the music industry is kind of like all the time it's changing and um i think something that's sort of uh, shifted you know in our in the world of music today is that you can get music anywhere and everywhere and there's so much of it and so i think we're gonna take on more of the stance of like as many people that can hear our music as possible mm-hmm. that's what we're going for you know and in that we're hoping that there'll be connections and things like that um to allow us to keep doing this i mean i think to ignore the fact that you have to make money when you do it is <laughs> Um, I mean, for just specifically what we're doing. Some people, it's that's not what they're looking for. But I think all of us would like to at least make enough money to continue doing this. 
and take it as far as it can go to as many people. I mean, we've talked about even doing overseas tours. That's definitely something that we're aspiring towards. So yeah, the, the sky's the limit, I guess. <laughs> Describe that sky even more. There isn't, I guess, really one thing that would be that for us. Um, you know, like I've met people in there and they're like, this, if I play this show, I've arrived. Um, for me, I guess, just the longevity of it is what I'm looking for. And I, I think all of us are not scared to take risks and shift things around to have longevity without, you know, losing yourself in the process of that, of course. But I think that obviously we would love to do big things like play on late night television and play big festivals and, you know, be on the radio in some capacity. Those are all great things. But I think continuing to love what we do, which at this point we all do, thank goodness, um, and having longevity to always be able to create. I think having that platform to create is really what I'm aspiring toward. It's the kind of thing that gives me chills um, and just makes me like appreciate and just kind of feel honored that I get to do this full time. I mean, just what a cool thing. It's it's my, you know, number one passion and I get to do it full time. That's that to me is winning. That to me is the biggest aspiration. That to me is defeating the norm of of how maybe, you know, things are, you know, where a lot of people are in jobs they just <clears throat> really don't like because, you know, they have to meet ends. And I totally understand that. It's just um I feel grateful to be able to do what I love to do, just like all the time. I'm just wondering, in all of these experiences, what has surprised you the most? Heather, I'll let you start. Gosh, a lot of things have shocked me. <laughs> um, the biggest shocker probably is what I said before, where, um, and it's even kind of alluding to your last question, where it's not, I mean, yes, there are milestones or cornerstones or pivoting points of the whole process, but I think the fact that it's just, such an all-encompassing process. It's, it doesn't stop even when we have, you know, time off, so to say, or when there's like a holiday where our family's around. I mean, it really just doesn't stop. That feeling doesn't stop. So um, even if we're mentally or emotionally taking a break, uh, it's just still so part of us to, to love it on every level. I think that's a huge thing. I think that um, what separates maybe people that are successful or not again i could be i could be wrong in, in some regard but uh to me my favorite artists are the ones that are living and breathing it and everything they do um whether they're just talking on this you know street to someone or being uh quickly interviewed or whatever to a huge stage with a lot of you know with like a ton of people uh watching them they're that they're that same person that's just embodying what they're what they're singing what they're playing it's just everything and who they are and i think that it's really really cool to not only get a life experience perspective perspective from from lyrics but to see people's voices behind it so that's why we love or i love specifically uh you know just like talking about this um it's because it's like i don't know it just adds a whole nother emotive side to who i am to talk about why i love what i do instead of just you know just singing or just playing the synth it's talking about it too that's like challenging and beautiful all in the same moment. For me, I think it would be just how much music influences people and also the communal aspect of it and kind of speaking towards like uh, when we go on the road, um, we can share part of our soul with somebody for maybe like 30 minutes and then we're like lifelong friends. It's really cool that um, you can share something with somebody and you're like, a thousand miles from home 
and they can relate to what you're saying. I guess I didn't see um, the impact that music really has on other people until I started touring with you guys this year. Yeah. I guess for me, it's like even from a young age with writing music so early, um, I've sort of always, like I said earlier, sort of always pictured myself doing this. Um, like even as a kid, just saw myself like doing this and it's just like playing out and it's like in a weird way weird way I feel like I foresaw the future <laughs> because even though things are different I'm like yeah I kind of always knew that this would be something that I would do so it's that's kind of the most surprising part is that I don't know sometimes you have these dreams and aspirations as a kid and they just sort of vanish as time goes on um, but there are other things that stick and that are are there and that's one of those things and I just find it very cool that that is something that is still there and I appreciate it a lot I music is this untamable beast for me and it's sort of the reason I love New York City it's huge and you can't see everything and you can't know everything about it and that's what I love about music is that it's you know there's only certain amount of notes but all these people all over are able to create their own kind of thumbprint with what they're doing and so it's endless and i am in awe and in love with that part of it so i've been in conversation with ed jessica and heather of the hotman sisters thank you so much for being here thank, thank you. you for having us this was wonderful <laughs> would you be willing to play us out with a song close it out yeah thank you um this song is about wanting to go back in time so maybe you know that'll happen right when this gets done we can go back and do it all over again okay. <laughs> song is called uh, Rewinding Tapes. Blows, transparent bullets.
inside my soul What happened to our home? I would stay just to escape the rainfall The roof of your place It's a haven of a comfortable space But now it's storming in my face tracks There's a light so burning in your past like rewinding tapes There's a screeching voice behind your face like reversing tracks Burning lights but you cannot go back like rewinding tapes Screeching voices emphasize your the tapes <laughs> I hope we weren't too tough an audience. No, we are hard to please. Hard to please. <laughs> we, get, we get in our zone, so we're just yeah, like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's the end of this week's show. The sound engineer was Dalamar McTizik. The magnificent Marion Fay helped produce the show. Lives is an executive production of Squish Talks. I'm your host, Stuart Chittenden. Join me next week for more community, conversation, and the people that bring community to life. <laughs>